Sarah Everard, one year on. What's changing the fight to end violence against women and girls? Trigger warning, there are mentions of sexual violence, murder, police abuse and rape. It was a year ago, 3rd March 2021, when Sarah Everard disappeared. In the years since, there has been uproar surrounding the prevalence of violence against women and girls and police complicity. Unfortunately, there are too many of us who know someone who is in the wrong place at the wrong time. Violence against women and girls is a strain on humanity that thrives in environments that look away awkwardly at taboos. When Everard's killer, Wayne Cousins, was caught and sentenced, a harsh light was shone onto the murky debate about the police's role in society and in protecting women's safety. With this update, we show you what has changed in response to this tragedy, what hasn't, and what we still need to do to continue the fight for safety against violence. What changed? An important change since the news of Cousins' crime surfaced was an increase in recorded cases of sexual offences. Police in England and Wales recorded the highest number of rapes in the year before June 2021, which was 10% higher than the previous year. These figures include the weeks and months after Sarah's disappearance in March, showing that this could have led to more offences being reported. This bittersweet result shows that it's likely more people came forward as a result of high-profile cases like Sarah's. As most rape cases are never reported, this doesn't necessarily indicate that more rapes took place, but rather there was more confidence in reporting them. Another change in the security of women and girls was the nature of media coverage. There was heavily focused media attention on Everard's death, as well as Cousins' trial and sentencing. Media coverage ranged from how women were demanding change, campaigning for safer streets, and outrage at the notion that women should protect themselves rather than men not committing violent acts. However, this media circus brought attention not just to Everard, but to other victims of sexual violence and murder. There was a heavy criticism at the time of the level of attention received for Sarah's case in comparison to many other women of colour affected by violence against men. The names of many women of colour who were victims of male violence became well known as a result of Everard's death. The death of Blessing Olusagun, 21, resurfaced when activists drew attention to the black woman's murder in September 2020. Some activists said that if Sarah Everard had been black, her murder wouldn't have garnered such media attention because of systematic racism and white institutions ignoring the murders of black women. When Sabina Nessa, a primary school teacher, was attacked in September 2021 while walking through a park, 
Her case became a point of national attention, showing that there was a difference in the UK media's bias. There is some way to go to ensure the media also focuses its attention on cases outside of London. This highlights that there has been improved recognition of the role of marginalisation and intersectional experiences of oppression when it comes to media recognition of the victims of male violence. What didn't change? Unfortunately, some things stayed exactly the same after Everard's death. Chief of the Metropolitan Police at the time, Dame Cressida Dick, stayed in charge of the force until July last month, February 2022. Dick was criticised for presiding over rules and procedures which allowed cousins who had a record of indecent exposure and a nickname of the rapist to remain a serving officer. A flashpoint of this criticism was the clashes of Everard's vigil in Clapham Common where police arrested and manhandled protesters, but Dick refused to resign. It wasn't until a damning report was published criticising a pervasive culture of misogyny, discrimination, bullying and sexual harassment throughout the Met that Dick's position as chief became untenable. Under pressure from London Mayor Sadiq Khan, and a lack of confidence in her leadership, Dick finally resigned on the 11th of February 2022. When an activist who was arrested during Everard's vigil, Patsy Stevenson, heard the commissioner had resigned, she stopped in the street and almost cried. Stevenson, 28, said to the Sunday Times, I thought, thank God, Not only has she presided over a force where systematic misogyny and racism has been allowed to thrive, she's failed to ensure the perpetrators are prosecuted. The fact that Dick remained in charge without taking responsibility for police complicity in jeopardising the security of women and girls is a harrowing sign of just how resistant to change institutions can be. Unfortunately, the other remaining constant is that men are still killing one woman every three days in the UK, according to the Femicide Census. This does not include trans women. According to a report launched on Trans Day of Remembrance 2021, 375 transgender people were killed, higher than the previous year's total of 350. However, many hate crimes and murders are believed to go unreported or, crucially, misreported in the media. This can mean that the actual number of deaths could be far higher. For the record, Parenting Magazine believes that trans women are women and should be included in femicide statistics. Everard's death and the activism to end violence against women and girls has not changed the prevalence of male violence. Activists will be disappointed 
but not surprised at the pace of change, or lack thereof, after Everard's disappearance. With male violence against women and girls continuing, we should remember with renewed determination that there are actions we can take in the short and long term to end this. What we need to do. Considering how little has changed in the year after Everard's murder, we need to make sure we don't give in to despair and hopelessness. There are actions and campaigns, both in the short and long term, that we can take. Firstly, educate society about the toxic behaviours and attitudes that lead towards male violence. Secondly, change the procedures and policies that enable cultures of misogyny and sexual violence in institutions that are meant to protect women and girls. Closer to home, we urge our readers to challenge signs of male violence in your circle of friends and family where it is safe to do so. For the men you speak to, these conversations show just how close to home sexual violence could be. Men should have already been listening to our stories, but we must continue to tell them anyway. When men hear how much of a burden women face for just existing, there is hope that men can understand how much responsibility they must bear when becoming allies against sexual violence. When challenging institutions, we must call power to account and highlight injustices when we see them. Those that reclaim these streets were essential in providing evidence to the report which condemned Cressida Dick's leadership of the Met, and as activists we must continue this work. Other organisations such as Women Reclaim, Sisters Uncut and Our Streets Now also campaign for the end of violence against women and girls. The Parent in Conclusion Anniversaries like this one are always tough to observe and remember. As activists in the fight for women's and girls' safety, we sometimes have to keep ourselves safe by taking breaks from the trauma. Whilst it's so important to continue the legacy of demanding change that Everard's death inspired, it's also important to recognise our own limits. We should focus on celebrating what has changed and concentrate on how to challenge the structures of gendered violence that remain.